Hello and welcome to Maine Education Matters with Matt and Matt, and my name is Matt. I'm Matt too. We are going to have like a very long one today because we are previewing lots of bills, Matt. We are previewing lots of bills. Uh, three full days of public hearings we're going to go through. Awesome. It's, it's going to be a lot. There's, there's a lot coming up and uh, we're going to run the gamut. We're going to run the gamut of, uh, I don't even know what a gamut is, but we're sure. going to run. But we're going to run, run it. it. Okay, good. We're going to run it. I, want, I wonder if you could just walk a gamut, if that's the same thing. I prefer a hop, skip, and a jump in a, a gamut. And with that, we're going to start with LD 359, which is an act to address student hunger with a breakfast after the bell program. Yep, this this is the first of two bills uh, on this particular morning, Monday, March 25th, that are addressing updates to the exact same law. I, I did see that, yeah. We've got a lot of that coming up today. We do. There's a lot of updates to the exact same law. So set, if, if, for those who are interested, section 6602, sub, subsection 1, paragraph D, is what LD359 talks about. So this one is going to add some new language. Uh, it is going to... Uh, this one's a weird one because it requires, but then you can opt out. So right. any SAU with a public school in which at least... 50% of students qualify for free or reduced during the year before, shall operate an alternative breakfast delivery service that provides breakfast after the start of the school day for students there. And then it goes on to saying, well, if the school board thinks it's financially or logistically unviable, not viable, I'm not sure which one, disviable, inviable, invi oh, I like that one, deviable. <laughs> And you can opt out, basically. And then there's a procedure for, like, holding hearings, that sort of thing. Yeah, um, holding hearings. Everything's posted publicly, and you have to, you know, yeah. get things done in triplicate and notarized and everything else like that along the way. So the idea is that if you have a poor enough school, you can get an alternative breakfast delivery service, which means you just kind of stay open a little bit longer, is, is my kind of understanding. And they pump a little bit of money into it to help with the, some of the funding. Yeah, because not, not every student who needs a breakfast gets there early enough for breakfast. Right. And this would take breakfast to the kid in the classroom. It absolutely would. It's kind of so cool. I think, I think, I, so I think part of the issue is going to be, as you said, the logistics of the funds. Like, are kids then going to be leaving the classroom to eat? Or are, you know, the, the breakfast to be brought to the classroom to eat? And if so, is that going to single kids out? There would be some issues regarding that there. You know, so I think that there are some... Questions that the committee will have to ask in those in those rounds to kind of get ironed out. But either way, it's getting kids food. Maybe it's like a like a like a mini version of like Postmates or Uber Eats or something. It's like you're talking to me. I just know it. I don't know what I don't know what those things are because I'm old and I don't believe in technology. <laughs> Hence, I sound on these podcasts lately. <laughs> you know. Seriously, we are looking for new producers and engineers for our, for our things. We, we, are, we are two divas. We work very long hours, very heavy workload, but we will offer no pay or benefits. And in fact, we'll probably take money from you. So if that sounds attractive... Yeah. Oh, and we'll definitely take part of your soul. Oh, that's without a doubt. Because that's what this podcast does. It sucks the soul right out of you. Let's go to the next one. I have them out of order here, so I'm going to do these in the order that they were posted. Uh, which is next one is 549, LD 549, an act to promote academic achievement through hunger relief for Maine children. Now they start getting really short. I kind of like that. Yes. There's not a lot to read. 
So this one uh, will add, I kind of like this one. So a school that participates in the school lunch program shall provide lunch at no cost. I'm going to interpret that as free for any kids who are free or reduced price meals. Because there's two levels of being uh, of your meals, right? There's three levels. You can get a free meal, you can get a reduced price meal, and a, or a full price meal, depending on what you turn in for applications. This turns free and reduced into free, period. And the state will reimburse the cost. And that's it. That's, that's, that's it. it. That's it. Yeah, that's cool. I don't and know where the, the questions will be for this. Where's the money coming from? Yeah, as always, where's the money? But the, but the thought behind it is good. Yeah, the, the thought behind both of these bills is to, is to make sure that all kids get the food that they need to get in order to learn. That's what's at the heart of both of these bills because, um, as we know, healthy nutrition and being being uh, having a full belly helps with the learning. That's pretty obvious, I think. I think I think so too, but I'm glad you said it. Yeah. That's what so, we do. We say the obvious things here on this pod. We we do that. That is that is the depth of our analysis, <laughs> which is showcasing the obvious. <laughs> You're the ones listening, so. So and thank you for that. Thank you. So the next one is LD605, which is an act to improve anti-hunger programs in main schools. More hunger bills. But this one's really short. It changes one piece of one of the paragraphs. Uh, it used to say, this is MSR, uh, Section 20A, MRSA 6601-A. I got to admit before you get, I love this edition for so many reasons. Go ahead. So this is what it says currently in the law. The department shall make information available to public schools regarding internet-based applications for eligible students, blah, 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 blah. Basically, they say you can have an internet-based application, but you also have to do paper ones for people who don't have like internet-based applications. That's fine. So that's currently what's happens. So this one is going to improve anti-hunger programs by adding the following. The department by July 1st annually shall make information available to blah, 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 blah. So they added by July 1st annually. And that's what I love. Because before having that there was no annual recommendation or requirement or anything, who knows when they would do it. They might do it five times a year. They might do it once every five years. And it's like, it's one of those little omissions like, oh, yeah, we wanted them to do that every year, but it doesn't say that. So maybe they won't. So... Maybe we should put it in a lot of make sure that they do that. It's definitely now, going to improve the program, which is part of the bill. Well, I, I, I don't know how that's going to improve the program. I think it improves the oversight of the program. Maybe definitely. That's a much worse title. That In that case, <laughs> it would now be an act to improve the oversight of anti-hunger programs in main schools. That does not flow well at all. It, it doesn't, but you know. Again, they should hire us for some of these because we would we would we would knock these titles out of the park. So the next one that we have, I'm going to tell you right now, is my favorite one, and they have clearly right. been listening to the pod. So this one is LD701, an act to modernize the national school lunch program and the school breakfast program. The reason I like this one, it's a regular act, right? It yep. has whereases. It has three whereases. It is an act, not a resolve. What the heck? And, and on top of all of that, it's an emergency. It's an emergency act with whereases. I mean, this is 
this is it right here. This is this is all we could ever ask for. And you know this why? is the dream come true. I'm going to tell you why. This is presented by Senator Bellows of Kennebec. She is my senator. <laughs> so I'm going to thank you, Senator Shanna Bellows, for doing everything we want in a one-page bill. Even A one-page bill. So we have whereases, an emergency, an act, and a summary all on one page. You know what this tells us, of course. What's Senator Bellows listens to the podcast. As well she should. And thank you, Senator Bellows. Thank we're, you, Senator We're Bellows. with you. <laughs> so what this is going to do is uh, require the Department of Ed to develop an internet-based application for free and reduced-priced meals. We just kind of talked about this in a different bill, that school districts can offer this, and some have more of a, a web-based program. Uh, but this is going to require the DOE to develop that one as a statewide thing. And it doesn't really change anything else because you still have to put paper applications out for the people who can't do the web. But it requires it and makes it a state-level issue rather than just local levels. And basically, who can afford that at the local right. level is, are the ones who are developing that. Right. Moving from a language of the department shall make available to public schools, now it says the department shall develop and make available Oh, I'm sorry, before it was, the department shall, shall make information available. Now, now they're going to develop this whole internet-based uh, application. So awesome. Great. Yeah, I think that's great. That. Uh, I'm, sure, I'm sure they're feeling like they have nothing else to do. So they're like, hey, there's something else for us to kind of get, get done. But you know what? Yeah. This, would probably, this would probably help a lot of families across the state um, get those free reduced lunch applications in because... Sometimes paper applications get lost coming home if they're putting kids' folders. Sometimes kids don't bring folders home, or sometimes they just things get lost out of bus windows. Wow, you know that's rough. Oh, they do. Apple cores, free reduced lunch applications, textbooks, textbooks, <laughs> MLTI laptops. You know. And with all this talk about anti-hunger there, I think it's going to be lunchtime for the legislators now because that is the end of the morning right there. It's the end of the morning. All that talk about food is going to make them hungry. And as we talked about before, go down to that cafe. It's really good. It's good. They got, as you mentioned before, they got some good chips. They do. I like, I like the coffee. You know, it's good stuff down there. It's a good place down at the Cross Cafe. So right now it's Monday afternoon. We just got through lunch, and we're coming back for the afternoon session where we have four more bills. These ones are not uh, as cool as the hunger ones. And we're going to start right off with oh, something that... I disagree wholeheartedly. Oh, you, how can you not like talking about food in the morning? I, I think, though, I, I think those, those bills are really important and they're awesome. I think that the magic for the day will happen in the afternoon. Oh, I'm pretty confident on that one, too. So let's start with the first one. The first one's a really short one. You may have heard some of this stuff in the news. Uh, it's LD944, an act to ban Native American mascots in all public schools. And this one begins by, in this one-liner, it's really nice. A public school may not have or adopt a name, symbol, or image that depicts or refers to a Native American tribe, individual, custom, or tradition, and that is used as a mascot, nickname, logo, letterhead, or team name of the school, period. And that's the end of that. That is the end of that. So this one is just the one-liner, and this has uh, has been in the news lately because of uh, Skowhegan School District, and right. their uh, their nickname for their uh, high school and their traditions that they have. That's been in the news for a couple of years now, 
Uh, them in particular, a lot of other places have already eliminated these mascots. And Skowhegan, as far as I know, also did that about a week ago, two weeks ago. They very lived, recently. Yeah, very recently. And I know there's some uh, impetus to bring that back in the community. Uh, this would uh, eliminate that option right there. Right. I, I, I always get worried about language of bills when it comes to banning things. Yep. Because... When you do an outright ban, there are going to be some populations who are going to vehemently disagree, and I would want to make sure that, especially something like this, the indigenous populations had a really clear say into into this particular language that they were saying, yeah, we find it offensive, we want to make sure that it's gone, and it's not just coming from an outsider's perspective. You know, um, that's one of the things that I worry with things like outright bans because. There, there will be populations that will be definitely affected by this. So that's my only concern with this one. So a lot of your last like two or three sentences there will apply to this next one also. They sure will. This is LD965, which is an act to restrict cell phone use by students while in school. And again, this is a, a new language. And it's uh, it looks like two sentences this time. So it's twice as big as the other one. Uh, the department shall adopt rules that prohibit the use of a cell phone by a student in a public school during classroom time, lunch breaks, or transition time between classes, and that allow a student who has an emergency to use the cell phone in the main office. And you can't adopt a policy to implement the rules uh, to, as long as that policy is, is at least as restrictive. So this is the base, but you can go further in banning cell phones. And basically, yep. if you have classroom time, lunch breaks, or transition time, um, as far as I know, doesn't that cover the entire day from bell to bell? To that is the end? entire day. Okay. Um, I see the point, but holy moly, you're I banning. See, I see. The, yeah, I see the argument. Yep, I, I do. I don't. I don't see the point of that argument. Kids are on their phones too much. Let's ban them. Right. Which, but, but. That just that just that just screams to me a dis uh, no pun intended a disconnect of the usefulness of the technology, and it's if they're on their phones and distracted, that means they're disengaged with the school. Well, maybe that's we should look at the instruction. That maybe we should look at we should look at the instructional environment to say if they're disengaged, what are we doing to engage them? And. Maybe the phones aren't a problem or are, are a distracting problem, but then how might our educators use them to leverage the learning? You know, a principle I, I, I've been using for a long time is the thing called edujitsu. You know, jujitsu is that martial arts where you use a component's energy against themselves. Well, in education, why don't we use the energy of people against the cell phones against themselves? Get them engaged by using them. Use tools like, well, I'm not, I, won't, I won't sell any tools here, but use, use a bunch of different tools that can be operate to engage the students in the learning while using the cell phones to show them how to use it appropriately. And when. Oh. And when, right? And so when. That you have educational purposes for the phones since you have the devices, you have educational purposes that you can use in a classroom, and there are things that you shouldn't be doing in a classroom, although that line gets blurred sometimes because we, we yes. talk a lot about like uh, teachers and staff meetings. I've had that discussion lately with a lot of administrators and teachers and students and it's a human thing to get distracted a little bit, right? It is. But it's, it's also being mature enough to find out 
when those times are appropriate to use a phone and when it's not. And I think those are the things we should be teaching our kids a little bit better and teaching our adults to be better with that, appropriately. That was the next thing I was going to say is making sure like, to what extent to our educators, our administrators, our ed techs, our parents in the, in the field and whatnot know how to use the tools effectively um, for learning and to teach that level of um, respectful use uh, and appropriate use. So, so that's, a, that's a bigger issue that we have to still address. This doesn't seem to have anything about restricting cell phone use by adults while they're in school. Um, nope. so, so it's okay for the adults to carry them around and use yep, them, and to but text not and to do whatever they want to do. Do the exact same behavior that students can do, except uh, just but they're not allowed. They're allowed to because they're adults. This this what what I, one of the things I also don't like about this bill is the language of it and its title and the language itself because the last one was a ban to ban Native American mascots. This is to restrict cell phone use. This is not a restriction. This is a ban. This is a ban of cell phone use in the schools because if, it, if you can't use it during class, during transition time, during lunchtime, as we said, in between the bells, they're banned. True. Good use of the cell phone. I mean, if the, argument, the argument there could be, you know, after school time or extracurricular and it's not bad then, but come on. But come it on. is what it is. Totally agree. Let's go to the next one. More high school stuff. More high school talk. LD 770, which is an act to provide for a later starting time for high schools. This one is, again, a one-liner. Uh, an SAU shall ensure that a secondary school in the unit does not start a school day before 8.30 a.m., starting in the year 2020. I can't, I can't imagine any school districts would have anything to say about this. No, I think this will fly right through. Yeah, right. this one's an easy one. Did, didn't something happen in southern Maine a year or so ago about this? Uh, I think I blocked most of that out. So, uh, you know, one of the things that, that is going to be in favor of this one, this one has gone on for a while. There's lots of research behind uh, teenagers and when they best learn and maybe 7.15 to 7.45 when people start. It's probably not the best move because uh, they're still sleeping, uh, which has always gotten to me because, you know, when I was teaching high school, this is sort of an aside, that... We like sides here. Oh, sides are good. Wasn't the thing that that most teachers always said was, you know, the best thing to get kids is have them first thing in the morning when they're bright and fresh and they're in school before they get bored uh, because, you know, we have boring schools. Uh, That part might have been in people's heads. But they always said, you know, I want them first period and second period before they start sleeping. And this research, all the research is saying, no, they're sleeping then. They they wake up a lot later. Yeah, they'll, they'll, wake, they'll wake up in class around 10 o'clock. Yeah, that's when I liked having the kids because they were like right before, well, lunch sometimes is like 10 o'clock, which is also <laughs> weird, but that's what you get when you start at 7 in the morning and only go till 2. Sometimes right. like at 1.45 or some schools are get out at like at 1.45. So they have lunch at 10 in the morning. I know. What is so, happening? Well, well, then the kids come home at 2.30 afternoon, ravenous. Because exactly. they're like, well, I haven't eaten today, so then they raid the pantry or raid the refrigerator and just start oh, yeah. eating all the food that they shouldn't eat and really, really modeling excellent nutritional behavior, I should say. <laughs> but Hopefully they, all those people can go in the morning with the anti-hunger stuff. <laughs> We're going to have breakfast for you. But, but, but you're right. There is a mountain of research that is behind all of this that says, hey, we should be starting school later. And here's going to be the argument against it. Okay. And it's an argument you can't beat. Oh, Are you ready? Oh. 
So, well, we should do it because of the mountain of research. <clears throat> yeah, but still. <laughs> oh, you're, I'm convinced. You're right. right. It just, that's, that's what the other side is going to come up and say, in a sense, yeah, but still, sports. Yeah, but what about yeah, but bus still. trips? What about bus trips when we send them to an hour away? And I, hopefully all the northern, eastern, western Maine schools will be like, yeah, we kind of do that right now. And we send them off at like noon. Yeah. And they actually miss school. And right. so what? And they might, and they might, according to new laws, be chronically absent. But we won't go down that path today. Let's not go down that path. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So that one's going to be riled up, too. This is going to be a lively afternoon, I'm saying. Banning, banning mascots. Banning cell phones, starting school time early, which is going to mean it ends early, which is going to affect you know people's commutes, people's childcare, etc. There's going to be some. I don't know if there's going to be 600 pieces of testimony worthy, but it could be busy. I'm I'm just going to hope not for our sake, because oh please, oh, God no, please no. I have a feeling that hearing is still going on. I I believe yeah. Please go check right now, and I'm sure it's still going. <laughs> So our next one and our last one of the day is extremely disappointing. And, it, it is. Uh, I'll get there in a second, but it's LD 1010, which is a resolve. We like resolves for a re particular reason. It's directing the Department of Education to develop a model school disciplinary policy. And I'm super disappointed. Clearly, uh, this is Representative Morales of South Portland, and this representative clearly has not talked to Senator Bello saying we need some whereases in here. This is a resolve for goodness sakes and you have no whereases. Send this back. So yeah. I'm, I'm going to vote no against this right now. The official position of Maine Education Matters with Matt and Matt is no. I want to see more whereases as an amendment. Right. So we might do off the pass as amended. If we if, get some whereases. If we get some whereases in there. No, whereas Matt and Matt wouldn't vote for this going forward unless there was a whereas, whereas their podcast is the greatest main education policy and statute podcast that there is. That's really all you need. That's, I'm fine that's... with that. Let's just add those in. <laughs> so what this is going to do, it's, again, it's a resolve. So the DOE is going to develop a model school disciplinary policy to effectuate, love that word, the policies in the main revised statutes, blah, 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 blah which uh, talk about policies that focus on positive and restorative interventions designed to strengthen relationships, improve the connection to school, promote a strong sense of accountability, and then it talks about some interventions and then some assistance on how to implement this sort of thing. And, and that's really it. So it's uh, DOE, go develop this policy about these things and bring it back to us. Yeah, there's, there, you know, I, I'm all for the DOE creating frameworks, frameworks. and things and and things for and, and and if it is truly a model, that it's something that you know it is it is a way to approach things. My concern is that a lot of times the quote unquote models that get brought out by DOE are really the do it exactly this way. Yep. And really so a, not really a model. not really a model. Not really a model. So I, I would hope that they would go down the route of a framework as opposed to a prescriptive step-by-step -step way of, of how to do discipline because I don't see that going anywhere in our state. Do you see this one having a lot of testimony as a, just a, from your gut? Um, no, 
I, I don't. don't either. That's the thing. I don't. I don't either. So I'm just going to assume that that one's going to happen because resolves, for the most part, are pretty easy because you're just going to do something. And I think everyone's comes- energy. I think everyone's energy has been spent on political, ideological, and religious talking points in schools and education policy and immunizations. So I think, generally speaking, no one's going to go testify to anything anymore. So now's the time to get your bills in. <laughs> That's the end of the 25th. We're going to move to the 27th, Wednesday the 27th. In the afternoon, we have four more bills. Woo-hoo. They just keep on coming. So we're, we're about half done here. So Wednesday the 27th, we start with LD 576, which is a resolve directing the Department of Education to develop and implement an online learning platform for students and educators, presented by Representative Brennan, who's on the committee. Representative Brennan, you have no whereases either. What is point. going on? I'm, I'm kind of it's, just it's, like, it, what is happening? It, it's as if they just don't care what we have to say at all, and they you know what? That hurts. That, that cuts me to the core. Yeah, it's right. Oh, I don't. Ugh. Come on, you guys, give me some whereases. <laughs> so what this one is going to do is uh, establish a working group to develop and implement an online platform. To, to facilitate the provision of online virtual instruction by state-certified teachers to students in every public school and the provision of a variety of high-quality professional development opportunities to educators across the state, and then give so them a of, timeline. Yeah, so, so instead of contracting out to other virtual academies or other virtual schools, this is to say, let's create our own. Yep. Doesn't seem like a lot of work. Not at all. <laughs> no. this, this could be done overnight. You know, this this is one of those things because I'll just copy Khan Academy. That's all they'll do. Shh. Don't say anything. Don't tell Sal Khan. You know, I wonder if Sal Khan listens to this podcast. Thank you if you do. Thanks, Sal. Big fan. Thanks, Sal. Big fan. Uh, that one's going to be interesting, but again, that one's not. Oh, what is this? To, I'm sorry. I just put it away here. So let's let me one more thing here. Sure. Establish a group to develop that, yes. So the group may come back and say, yeah, we need a lot more of everything in order to do this, if you're going to do this statewide. So they maybe, maybe if this goes through, they'll come back and say, yeah, this is going to cost some dough here. Let's talk about this right. some more. Uh, so let's go to the next one. LD 672, an act to allow local flexibility and teacher assignment to enhance student achievement. Ooh. And so I'm like that. I'm like, oh, I like that. Of that. Yes, it looks so good. So this one is going to tell teachers that hold a certificate they can't teach more than 20% of your assignment outside the teacher's area of endorsement unless you get a waiver from the commissioner. This sounds similar to that counselor social worker bill. And didn't some of this already come up before? Yeah, this one has been – I this is not – what I thought it was going to be when I read the title. Me neither. I, I thought local flexibility and teacher assignment. I'm like, oh, that sounds like more of a, like an assignment issue, a labor issue. But I don't know. You could, Now it's saying if you have a certificate, you can still go teach something else. Yep. For up to 20% of that time, which I know in a lot of small schools, you kind of have to. Um, some, sometimes you have to because it's hard to, it's hard to hire people completely. And if you could organize the people you have, you know, it's not. Uh, yeah, and this really only applies to middle school and high school teachers. Yeah. 
or people with the seven to twelve certification yeah. is really what it comes down yeah. to. Well, now they is is I think that there's a five eight subject area certificate also that starts nowish next year. Not really. Sure. I, I, don't, I don't remember when it starts, but yeah, I, I saw that. But historically, the seven to twelve certificate with the endorsements that's who this is really directed to. So you can only teach you have to teach eighty percent of your time minimally has to be in your area of your or endorsed, which on one hand is good because if you're endorsed in, in math and now you're teaching in visual arts and you might have no experience in visual arts, that could be detrimental to the students. I get that. <laughs> you know, I think, I think everyone kind of sees that. Hashtag analysis. Hashtag analysis. <laughs> then there's the other side of, of, you know, what if you're a school that integrates? Does team teaching and does that kind of, does that impact? How does this impact? So, it's a, that's, that's an interesting point. That's an interesting point. Be interested to see the testimony on that one. Yep, I agree. So let's try to hit a home run with this next one. LD seven fourteen, an act to prohibit public charter schools from expending funds for advertising. I love so, these because they're one sentence. One sentence. This is this is this is very clear. A public charter school may not pay for advertising in print media or on television, radio, yard signs, or digital or electronic media. So go in the corner and shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> this one's really weird because basically your public charter school don't advertise because that's public money. Like That's where right. I'm guessing you're, you're, it is. I'm like, okay. You're a so, public school. I can't buy a yard sign. Nate, it does. <laughs> what it doesn't restrict is like little flyers on telephone poles, though. You can still Ooh. do that, right? You now, found a loophole. I think so. Start investing in staples, everybody. <laughs> Get some paper. Just yep. duct tape it up. Uh, this one only has two people as presenters and co-sponsors, so usually that tells you a little bit something if nobody else wants it. So, we'll see. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I see the point to it. I don't see it going anywhere. Yeah, I don't either. Let's do with one more, because this one's, this one's also amazing and short. LD750, an act to allow junior reserve officers training corps instructors to instruct without state certification. So, that really says everything right there. That, that pretty much was it. Uh, right. Junior ROTC instructors don't have to be certified. That that's it. And they just, they can just I, I'm guessing anything. So I'm so, gonna guess that that's a very specific case that this was brought up for. I, I I guess so. I mean, do we do we are we always comfortable? Are we comfortable like going through the certification process? There's some required classes you have to take, like. Teaching students with disabilities. Yep. We probably want all of our teachers, ed techs, and our uh, junior ROTC instructors to understand how to teach students with disabilities because they might have students with disabilities in that area. So I'm wondering, why is this here? It's always interesting looking at the sponsors for this one. Is it to ease the access of this into... Different buildings and different districts. The answer to that one, I'm going to guess, at looking at the looking at this, the sponsors of this, is yes. It gets the military into your schools, and so yeah, I'm, it does. I'm guessing there's going to be a little bit of 
testimony on this one. And there are quite a few people from the Education Committee who are, who are on, on this bill. Yes, there are. One specific party in particular. Um, so, Indeed. So there you go. Uh, so we're done with the 25th, and we are done with that week. That's, that was a great week. Uh, very exciting stuff. Hunger, banning things. Um, yeah, fun times. <laughs> I ran out of banning. gas there, sorry. <laughs> That's okay. So we're going to move to the next week. We're going to continue on with Monday, April 1st. It's now April Fool's Day. It is April Fool's Day, and uh, I can imagine that they'll be all full of whoopee cushions and, you know, those hand buzzers when you shake their hands. Yep. And, That's what uh, we're shooting for. I, I can't wait to see them on that day. It should be fun. So we're going we're gonna to start with LD997, which is an act to promote social and emotional learning and development. Uh, this, again, was one of those ones that I didn't really understand uh, what the title had to do with read the rest of it. Uh, there was a, there's a lot Thank going you. on. I didn't this. either. Okay. I'm glad it wasn't just me. So I'm going to read the summary. This one's about three pages long, and there's lots of stuff on it. Uh, that requires the commissioner to implement, beginning in September of 2020, a statewide voluntary early childhood consultation program to provide support, guidance, and training to families, early care and education teachers, and providers working in public elementary schools, child care facilities, family child care settings, and Head Start programs serving infants and young children who are experiencing challenging behaviors that put them at risk of learning difficulties and removal from early learning settings. That is a long sentence. And Indeed. it requires the DOE to design and implement that program and report uh, when it happens. So three pages of stuff going on here. Lots of plans, lots of well, stuff. Well, to be fair, though, this, this, this bill is already there. All it does is add in this one little paragraph at the beginning. Yes. Of, of, of and, and what, the way I see this bill is that this is a way to start the CDS process, the yep. Child Development Services process of moving Child Development Services and, and into the public education sphere. Um, because this is identifying students who might either have um, experiences or trauma in the home or grown up or in certain cases or have a disability or an exceptionality in some cases is figure out how to identify those students early on to get them into the system sooner rather than later to help be more preventative to to the, their student, student learning over time. Which is great. Sure. Yeah, I'm all in. If, if that's where we go with CDS, great. Okay. Let's help kids. That's, that's what it is all about. Again, where's the money coming for it? Ah, uh, you downer. That's terrible. I, wah, wah. <laughs> All right, let's go to the next one. LD1024, yeah. an act to include mental health education in main schools. Yes. There we go. That's my analysis. Yes. Okay. This one will add uh, instruction in multiple dimensions of health, including blah, 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 same old uh, Again, this is one which kind of tries to jam in requirements to learning without going through the process. Yep. So, again, I don't really see this uh, going anywhere at this point. Uh, for I don't the either, but I agree with it. Yeah, I agree with it. A lot of schools already do this, but, and I'm amazed if there are schools that don't do this. 
But again, going through the process, it brings up the fact that mental health is important and which I totally agree with. Uh, but there's a process for this if you're not already doing it. And I think that's where that's going to go, uh, which also is interesting that they have one sponsor on that one, uh, the person who presented it. Who's on the Education Committee? Senator Carson. Uh, but again, going through the process, that's the same thing we've heard all, all session is that just people say, we have a process for this. Let's go through the process and trust the process. Is there a process? I think there is. Let's see. talk about another process, which this one's going to get some people going. Yeah, well, well, so what I like what they're doing is they're lumping these things together. So you had two right there about social, emotional learning and mental health. Earlier, we had a bunch on hunger. Um, so they try to really lump all those ones together. So the next two are directly related to each other. LD 930, an act to give Maine schools additional options to make up missed school days. Also been in the paper recently. Uh, Camden, yeah, Camden. Camden schools are trying to do something where uh, we have a lot of snow days in the state, if anybody's noticed. And I'm looking out the window right now, and it's, it's in March, and I'm seeing snow. A lot of snow on the ground still. Let me look out the window here. I don't have a window. <laughs> so, uh, RSU2, no windows. No windows allowed. It's all about learning at RSU2. So this one is going to uh, do, the, uh, do, do the regular things about what you can do to make up days missed, uh, like shortened vacation periods, postpone the end of the year, uh, classes on the weekend, the weird thing about adding an hour to each day, and five of those make up one day. I don't like that one at all. And the new one is providing students with packets of homework, the completion of which counts as completion of a regular school day. And that's it. Yeah, it, it, it really does completely replace this one particular or subsection in the law. Yeah. It, it, it says one thing, you know, you can operate under a plan approved for one hour for the day of the 25 days of school year. That's the old plan. Yep. And that was really it. Unless, otherwise, it says just ask the commissioner for what you can do. Sure. But, but this now says, instead of having to go to the commissioner for everything, you can reschedule your vac or shortened vacation periods, you can postpone the end of the year, you can conduct classes during the weekends, with all these things without it. All that you said, and then it brings in the packets of homework. So here's my first question. The way this is read, the way this is uh, worded, provide students with packets of homework, the completion of which counts as completion of a regular school day. So what if I'm a kid who doesn't complete my homework? Do I still have another day to go? I think then you would be considered. It would go into your overall absence. Chronically absent. There I. So, so then you wouldn't have. You wouldn't get the perfect attendance award at the end of the year, or, yeah, or you could be considered chronically absent even though no one was in school that day. So if we have a snow day, when are we going to put the homework packets together? The night before. Uh, they would. I would assume that you would have to just kind of build some together just to have in case so that what you can then do is in case of a snow day here take we know a snow day is probably coming take this home just in case um so you probably have to pre-make pre those i don't know three weeks four weeks two, two months ahead of time to make sure that you have them because the last thing educators need to be doing the day before a snow day is coming because we might not know they're coming well in advance is uh prepping a full day's worth of work for their students so they have to do that well in advance because, you know, 
I know where they're going to be on January 18th because all the kids are there on January 18th. They're all doing the same thing. They're all doing the same thing. And, and learning is based on the time. It's not based on anything else. It's based on the time of day, the time of year that we're in. So I know that on January 20th, we'll be talking about Versailles. And that's what we're going to be. I'm going to be giving them talk about Versailles on January 20th if we have a snow day. And if it's on January 27th, Versailles. And if it's on March 15th, um, Versailles. <laughs> is this a Versailles-heavy class? Uh, no, this is a basic math. Okay. So, I get a lot of questions with that one, obviously. <laughs> it's going to kind of go with the next one, which is the yeah, last one of the day. It's LD1174. We're into the four-digit bills now. This is amazing. LD1174. Oh. And don't act- you just pine? Don't you pine for the days of LD fourteen? I I don't even remember the days of LD fourteen. That was only like two months ago. Yeah, that that was the next generation science standards one that was ought not to pass. <laughs> LD eleven seventy four, an act to facilitate remote learning during school cancellations. So yep. again, similar to the last one. Uh, this one talks about an online alternative for unscheduled school closures. If you get canceled due to weather or a different emergency reason, I like that one, the day counts if you get adequate online instruction pursuant to a plan agreed upon and adopted uh, for the school. Uh, You also must have an alternative instruction method for kids who don't have the technical capability to participate in that. Um, How's that all going to work? I don't know. Let's ask Camden. I honestly have no idea. I like the the ideas behind these. They're trying to come up with alternate ways to keep school going so school doesn't go until late June. I, I get right. that. We have we, we we don't have five school days a year anymore. We usually have like seven to ten. It snows a yeah. lot. You know, something going on called climate change that uh, regular topic. regular people believe in. Uh, that, that, that's, that's political, ideological, or or religious. Uh, Talking points. We can't do that. Sorry. It's, that was on not to pass, so we can do that. Oh, good. Okay. So we're back. Um, yeah, and it's not controversial because the science is irrefutable, but that's okay. You know what's controversial? People thinking this is an educational podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so there's a lot going on with questions for these. I'm sure there'll be all kinds of people talking about this. Oh, uh, yeah. A lot, of, a lot of parents, and I'm going to assume some teachers would be like, yeah, this makes sense. You know, we have a lot of snow days, and there's going to be a lot of people on the other side going, "Yeah, it makes sense." But how do we, how do we do that? Ensure that every kid kind of participates, or at least your 95% of people that normally show up would would do this. And how does right. it all count? What what's the actual mechanics behind this one? And that what, is going to be a thing. What I, what I really like about this bill, though, is that it opens the opportunities for districts to explore. For districts to try and for districts to problem solve this very issue of how we might be able to make actually make learning more accessible because that's really what I what I see this is you know it 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 makes learning and the school makes learning happen and accessible beyond just the actual school day and it really kind of pushes that kind of language and I'm, I, I like that conversation. I don't know where it's going to go. I would love to see where it goes, and I, want, I would love to see where this action, activity, where, what Camden is doing, where that goes too, because there's a lot of real potential 
for looking at to what extent does school have to happen in our normal 8.30 starting time to 3 o'clock or 3.30 end time. See what I did there? I was called back. To earlier this episode. Early. Impressive. And that all happens on April Fool's Day on a Monday in the either morning or afternoon. I already put You know what would be hilarious is if this day was snowed out. It's happened before. It, April 1st it is still still in the zone of window, but the fact that two of the bills were about school cancellations and snow days and alternative methods and they got snowed out, I'm really hoping for snow on April 1st. And I know I'm not a popular person for me saying that. Send your hate mail to Main Ed Matters on Twitter or Main Education Matters on Facebook. And with that, I think we just wrapped up four sessions. Four sessions. And 16 four. bills. That's, that's amazing. Uh, well, I'm tired. I'm tired. I don't, I don't know how the committee's going to be feeling after that, but hopefully energized. Hopefully. 45 Maybe. minutes in, we've just talked 16 bills. You do the math. I would do the math about the committee, but the committee is still listening to the immunization testimony, and it's just—it's still happening. It's so odd. It is. It is. It's just, it's just nonstop. Yeah, it's, it's ongoing. Like, it's been like a week and a half now, and it just—it just keeps on keeps on trucking. Yep. Eight thousand pieces of testimony later. We will review all those in 2023 when the when this legislative session ends. Right. And with that. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.